Welcome to Calvary International Christian Center. This is a word to inspire, encourage, and motivate you to live a life to the fullest. God bless you as you listen. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful. There is, there is a, 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 an African uh, rap, or I don't know whether it's a rapper or a singer, who just uh, released a song. And he said that you are complaining about not... But the one who has no feet, what would he say? Say you are complaining that you don't have a place to sleep. But what about the one who is in jail? This is a, 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 a rapper. How many? Only three. Hey, you people are very bad. I only heard it last week. Somebody WhatsApp the song to me. He says that where, however far your house is, there is somebody who lives behind your house. I think that's a very, very powerful word, isn't it? Whatever you think it has happened or is not happening, somebody's situation is worse than yours. And yet they are, they are grateful. They are grateful. They are lifting up their hands. They are worshiping God. Being blessed. You are, you, are, you are not even thankful because you are looking at what you don't have. Touch somebody and tell them what God has done for you. Touch them. Give them a testimony. Give a a two-second testimony. God has done. He clothed me in my right mind. He woke me up this morning. I am not sick this morning. I am strong this morning. And it's only by the grace of God. Hallelujah. I am strong by His grace. I said I'm strong by His grace. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles to Daniel chapter 11 verse 32. I need some juice in my monitor, please. Eleven thirty-two. Sorry, Daniel eleven thirty-two. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall destroy with flood. But my people, or the, but the people who know their God, they shall be strong. And do exploits. The people who know their God. He didn't say the people who know. He said the people who know what? Their own God. Which means it's a personalized relationship. It's not a church God. It's not a God that you heard somebody speaking about. It's a God in with you. God who has shown you mercy. God who has blessed you. God who has who you have related with. Bible says, they that know their God, they shall be strong and do exploits. How God? Only one person. Only two. How many know this God? The God that does great things for you. The God that has, has, has looked after you up to this point. The God that has brought you up. To, they who know their God, they are the ones who shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Exploits. Hallelujah. Great exploits. Someone say great exploits. An exploit is some an attainable feat that is extraordinary. Are you with me? When you achieve something extraordinary, something that not every give, that is called an exploit. Are you with me? A, a, a great attainable feat. F-E-A-T, isn't it? Feet. Something great. Something that is noteworthy. Something that is... I don't know what great feet means to you. But great feet can be 
Nobody in your, in your family has built a house. You built it. That's a great feat, isn't it? Nobody has been to university. You decide at 50. That's a great feat. Because if you go to university at 20, you haven't done anything. Everybody can do it. Are, are you with me? My sister went to university when she was 53. She started 53. And she finished university before she was 60. And when she wore the gown, I mean, her children had finished, children had finished university before she decided that I want to go to university. That's a great feat. Are you with me? If she had done it in her 20s, it's normal. But she did it just before she was 60. And I remember when she was doing her graduation. I couldn't go, but I mean, there was a big, and the party were, was organized by his, her children. Because they wanted to celebrate their mother. They wanted to show their mother that they were so proud of her. That just before 60, she's a graduate. That's a great feat. Are you with me? We all have our great feats. Tell somebody what your great feat is. What your great feat is. What you're about. What nobody thinks is possible, but you're going to do it. Hallelujah. What, what, I mean, this is my sister. The last time she went, went to school was in the early 70s. That's when she finished. She finished uh, school in uh, a place. I was going to mention the name of the school, but I won't mention. It was not a very good school. That's where she went. She was the only one amongst the siblings that didn't go to school. Because she was the first. Are you with me? And she finished from O levels, form five. Early 70s, she finished school. That was it. She was able to go to university and graduate. And she graduated with a second class upper. An old lady. That's great feat. Hallelujah. Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel. Do you like the stories that we've been reading about great feats? First Samuel 17. Are you there? Let's read. I, I, I'm sure you all know the story. Let me give you the story. The Bible says that uh, the Philistines gathered against this small country or this small people called the, the, the Israelites. In one, the Bible says that now the Philistines gathered together against the armies to battle. And they gathered together a shoko. Somebody say shoko. Shoko, which belonged to Judah. Shoko. Nobody said it. Shoko. That belongs to Judah. Now, I can do a camp meeting only at that verse. In fact, half of that verse. I can do a whole camp meeting there. It says that, and the Philistines gathered together at where? Shoko, that belonged to what? Judah. Judah. Somebody say Judah. Judah means praise. When Satan comes, Satan likes to sit on the thing that is praise. Do you understand? The thing that you are so proud of, your marriage, your house, your children, that is where Satan likes to attack. The Philistines gathered 
there at Shoko. It belongs to where? Judah. And we all know from the Bible that Judah means praise. The place of your praise is the strength that you have. Are you with me? That, that your, 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 your praise is your strength. It's your source of, of, of wealth. Source of being. That is where you feel your pride. That's where you, feel you get strength to rise up, to, to dress up and go out. He tries to come and sit on it so that you don't even want to face the sun anymore. So that you don't even want to go out. How many have, have had something hit you so bad you didn't want to go out of your door? Only one person. Only two people. Something hit you so bad you felt like, you know, you roll, roll in the duvet and you want to stay there forever. No sunshine. Because of praise has been attacked. Hallelujah. He says that they gathered together a shoko which belongs to Judah and they encamped they encamp between shoko and Azek in Ephes Demon. Hmm. And Saul and his men gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elag and set battle in array against the Philistines. Now look at this. Shoko was a hill country on top. And the Israelites, no option but to gather in the valley. In those days, the way they used to fight, I want to paint a picture for you so you can understand. In those days, the way they used to fight, they fight with spears, they fight with stones, they fight with sticks. Somebody who is standing on a hill, fighting somebody who is down, all they have to do is to take a big stone. You know, they have these big, big stones that they roll. So they roll this rock that is coming down. And the armies are standing there with their spears and their sticks coming to fight. And the stones come to kill them. So anytime you are fighting and you get a hilltop to start your fight, you have an advantage before it starts. Satan likes to sit on the place of our advantage. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's why I was saying that this week we are taking the battle to the enemy's camp. The person who starts the, the battle is the one who decides who's going to go, where the battle is going to happen. Because of all the 12 tribes of Israel, why did they choose Judah? They could have started in Dan. They could have started in Reuben. They could have started in, in, in uh, uh, Ashkelon. Or, but they chose praise. They chose Judah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. He could have, if he had attempted to fight your, you know, your, or your grandmother's, you know, a, a cousin, that wouldn't really bother you. How many, like your cousin, your distant cousin? I mean, it's your, my distant cousin has a problem. That's their problem, isn't it? Your classmate. It may, it may be painful, but it's, it's, it's distant. You know, when you hear that there is war in, in Sudan, it's sad. People are dying. But far removed from you, you don't feel it. You know, because it, it's, 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 it's something that you don't even know. You go to sleep and you don't remember that somebody is dying. But when it's happening next to you, or it's happening to you, the way you feel it is different. 
I had a father who was, when you are sick, he can come and give you a job to do. Whilst you malaria, you are sick, you are shaking, he says, go and clean the place. He doesn't feel what you are feeling. You know, but when he's sick, the whole house must be sick. How dare you laugh when he's in bed and sick? When he gets up from the sick bed, you're in trouble. But when he's removed, you don't feel it. Are you, are you getting it? So he comes and starts the fight. Because Israel decided, we are coming to fight you. And then they chose where? The area of your fight. And then they chose to stand high. You see, you are minding your own business, going to work, coming back home, you cooking, doing all those things. Then they said, I am going to fight your health. I have chosen where I'm going to fight you. And then he starts your head. So now you can't even think. That's the hill top. And once the fight comes to you, you have no option but to react. But because of the fight, you now have to only go and respond at the valley. Christians today, that's what we do. We always react to what Satan is doing. When Satan attacks you, then you are running. Oh, pastor, pray for me. Oh, then you start, I'm going fast. You are now looking for some, some, somebody to help. Are you getting it? But rather than being reactionary, why don't you start the fight? Why don't you start the fight? Bullies are afraid of people who are fighters. Did I tell you about my friend in school? We had in school. He was a very short, tiny person. No strong. Almost everybody in the school could beat him. And yet everybody. You know why? He will come and do something. You know those times as, as boys, well, I was in a boys' school, boys didn't have much patience. You know, when they say, and then the next day is fight. Because we don't sit there. You know, like girls who trade a lot of insults, a lot of, we don't have time for that. It's like, let's get down. We had a place called Senior Field. Let's go to the Senior Field and sort it out. The Senior Field was from where the rest of the school, uh, where the teachers and everybody is. It's like a field in the valley. Nobody can see us. And we had a corner in the field. That's why it's a fighting arena. So when there was a let's meet at the Senior Field, the troops, that's your friends, and they also gather their troops, their friends, and then they go, when they go, they draw on the sand. This is the ring. Now somebody goes, ding, 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 let's fight. Then we start a fight. But this guy didn't know senior field. Didn't know anywhere. You know, they start a fight. You fight, you beat him, then that's it. You go to sleep in the middle of the night. You are fast asleep. Then he will come. Then he will hit you. Then you get up. You start fighting. Then you go. You know, Saturday you have a guest. Maybe your mother comes to visit. Or maybe somebody, your auntie has come to visit. And uh, right by the park where you remove, we receive visitors, he will just come. Then you start a fight in front of everybody. You beat him. Then he goes. He, he, he's, he's ready to be beaten. But he will start a fight at an inconvenient place. Sometimes you're in a shower. You know, boy shower. You're in a shower. 
Then you just come, you know, your eyes and everything. Then you come. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Then, then you fight. Then you beat, you beat him. But you see, the thing is that the first blow, unexpected blow that he lands, you remember it. Because you will not, you'll be in the classroom trying to study. You are reading. You know when you're like revising, you are reading. Then you come from the back and they hit you. Then you start, he's ready to be beaten. But he will start the fight. Almost everybody was afraid of that boy. Because he was crazy. You'll be walking in town. You know, and we had this pride. When you are walking, you know, as... As a student, from you have your white shirt on, you have your trousers, and it's impeccable, you know. And then you're walking, then he'll push you into the gutter or someplace like that. Then you start a fight in town. You beat him. So at a point, your life can be miserable for like two weeks when you're going to wash your back because you don't know where is he coming from. Satan hates people who take the fight to him. He likes people who react. You know, bullies are scared people who take others. Are you with me? They will try and and bully you because they know you will not fight back. Let's read on. And and Saul and his men gathered and pitched by the valley of Elag and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side and the Israelites stood on the mountain. Israel stood in the mountain on the other side and there was a valley in between them. Now, the Bible says mountain, mountain. If you don't take it, you think they are on the same level, but they are not. In topography, you see that where they were, Shoko, and where Israel was, it's like, it's a mountain, but it's like this. It's a lower place, and there's a valley in between them. Then, then went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath. He was a height of six cubits and a span. That means he was 30 feet Now, I am six foot one, nearly one, six foot, nearly one. So, six foot foot one when I wear a shoe. So, I'm six foot one. So, imagine somebody who is double me plus one. Can you understand? He was a huge guy. Now, not only is Satan choosing the place of fighting, now he's, going to, he's choosing how we are going to fight. He's not choosing just the battle, but he's choosing how we are going to fight it. And the champion said, his helmet alone, now they, they have to describe him, his helmet of, his, of brass upon his head. Remember that the Israel at the time had just come from slavery. They didn't have spears. They didn't have armor. It would not have had an armor was the king. 
apart from the king, nobody had an armor. Everybody had sticks and stones and catapults. Are you getting the story? Let's read on. And he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. He had greaves of brass upon his leg and target of brass upon between his shoulders. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. Can you see? 600 shekels of iron. A shekel is like um, maybe like three or four one-pound coins together. That's the weight. So here of those. That's the weight of the spear. Are you getting it? And he stood and cried between unto the armies of Israel and said, Why are you come out to set your... In array, am I not the Philistines? And ye servants of Saul, choose a man for you and let him come down. If he's able to fight me and kill me, then he will, then we will be your servant. I prevail against him, ye shall be our servants. And the Philistines, the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. One on one. Not only is the battle a communal battle, uh, a battle, an accidental battle that we have to fight. Now he's saying that it's not a communal battle. We are all not fighting against each other. Choose your champion. Let me also choose my champion. Come. If you beat me, then we will serve you. If I beat you, then you will serve us. Hallelujah. It is not good to lose the fight against Satan. Anytime you lose a fight and he comes back to fight you again. That's why the Bible says that give him no place. Resist the devil and he will flee. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? I'm, I, I, I can't feel you at all. I don't, can't feel a, a, a fighting spirit. I want you to generate spirit this week. Yeah. Am I talking to somebody? You need, you need to be a fighter. You know, this guy was weak, but we're all afraid of him. Because he was a fighter. He loved fighting. He loved fighting. And when you see, he's all full of scars, but he doesn't mind. <laughs> he loves, he just likes to fight. Sometimes he'll create a fight when there's no fight. Just because he wants the fight. Because the fight brought attention to him. And he knows that's why beating you, beating But let's fight. You know, those times maybe your girlfriend has come to visit. And those times, the girls, they don't come alone. They come, if they are coming, they can trace. So maybe your girlfriend has come. And he's come with a, a friend. And they are coming to visit. And you know, when they come like that, you also want to flex a little bit. You know, you want to have some walking. And you know, you want to say, hey, yeah, how, you know. And then he comes from nowhere. I mean, when you see him coming. You are like... <laughs> Let me go back. Because let the fight away from this scene. Let's go and finish it somewhere. By the time you finish it, sport your shirt or something. You have to change your shirt. Yeah. That is how beat Satan. His worst mistake is to have attacked you. Or attacked somebody close to you. Become militant. Somebody say militant. militant. 
become militant and fight back. Hallelujah. The word militant means be ready to fight and to worship. To fight and to worship. I'm ready for any fight you bring. Bring it. Bring it on. I'm ready. Hallelujah. And what verse are we on? 11. Are you enjoying it? Then when Saul and all Israel heard the words that the Philistines, the words of the Philistines made and greatly afraid. And David was the son of an Ephratite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons. And the, the man went among from the man went among men from an old man in the days of Saul. And the three of his eldest sons were went with, and followed with um, Saul to the battle. And the name of the three sons were the firstborn, Abinadab the second, and Shammah the third. And, the, the, and David was the youngest of the three eldest. And the three, David was the youngest, and the three eldest Saul. So you know the story. Let's let's um, fast forward the story. Uh, verse seventeen, and and Jesse said to his son David, "Take now thy for thy thy brethren an effort, corn, and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captains of the thousands, and look how thy brethren take thy." Pledge. Hallelujah. So David approaches. Amen. Then, verse 23, then he talked to the men. Behold, there came up the champion of the Philistines of God, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel when they saw the man from him, because they were so afraid. Hallelujah. And the men of Israel said, we have seen this, how, have you seen this man? How he has come up and surely to defy the armies of Israel. Has he come up? It is, it shall be that who killed him, the king will enrich him with great riches and with his, and give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Hmm. David to lies. So if I'm going to get a daughter and I don't have to pay tax free, it's a good deal. Someone says it's a good deal. Every time you fight and you win, you get something. The reason why in every fight you must be strong and fight till the end and win the fight is that anytime you fight and you win, you get promoted. Hallelujah. Anytime you overcome in temptation, you are promoted. Am I talking to somebody? So it is, it is okay to fight. You see, our modern day Christianity has taught us that fighting is not good. Do you understand? Do not fight. They say, do not fight. They, they said, when the Satan slaps you on the left, you turn your right. They said it physically, but we have also brought it into spiritual. So now when the devil slaps you on the left, you, you, you don't, uh, uh, you give him the right to slap. The pastor said that when the devil slaps you on the right, you chop off his hand. I like that, pastor. Yeah. When the devil slaps you, chop off his hand. 
I don't do left cheek and everything. What do you mean by left cheek? You make you want to make yourself a matter. Oh God. Oh, like Job. Ah, I'm struggling. God has given, the Lord has taken it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Stop that nonsense. It's time to rise up and fight back. Touch your neighbor and tell him it's time to rise up and fight back. Hallelujah. And tell that I also like fighting. You, you, you know, I, I grew up, I grew up amongst uh, uh, a lot of children, and I was the youngest, so I was always bullied in the house. You know, those times when you're growing, you not only do you have your siblings, but you always have your cousins, and uh, you know, who are also part. They also live in the house. You know, at a point we have about eighteen, nineteen same house, and when they cook. Can you imagine you have to feed 19 children? That is, that is not counting the uncles and the you know, other older people who are also in the house. So when they cook, sometimes when they know that the food is being served, then they will call me and send me. And you know, nobody has time. So they dish, 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 dish. Then they count all the plates. Dish, 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 dish. When they finish. My sister, my big sister used to do something. When he comes, the, the last four children, the last four siblings, he comes in, let me see something in your plate. Have you seen me do that before? Yes. I learned it from my sister. She would take your meat. <laughs> then she would take your meat. If you like. You know, and we make noise. <laughs> then my mom would shout, why have you taken me? Put it back. Yeah, okay. Then after you finish, it's time to bath. And you know, at those, those age, you always have a sore somewhere on your body. And she's the one who is batting you. So she sees the sore. <laughs> Nobody will tell you to give your meat to her the next time. You know, and older siblings used to, you know, they will steal some of your food. And so you have to learn how to fight back or else you are going to be starving. So that's why we, we, we designed, you know, sometimes you get the meat, you put the meat under the, the, the rice or you eat the meat first. As soon as they give you the plate, oh! <laughs> when the, the, the rest of the food, you can have it. <laughs> so you put it in your mouth. Then, 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 then take it out and put it back in the food. <laughs> It's not nasty. It's called survival. You have to survive. Hallelujah. Where are we? Verse 26. And David spake to the the men who stood by him. And they told him what they would do. And the people answered him, verse 27, answered him after this man, so it shall be done for the man who killed him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with who left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride. I know the naughtiness of thy pride. And the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou hast come down that thou mightest see the battle. Amen. And you want to do any exploits. The people who rise up and, 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 
and criticize you are men and women from your own family. Anytime you want to do something, the people who are the most are those who are close to you. Hallelujah. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, I want to start a business. Oh, but if everybody's starting business, you. I remember when going on missions as missionaries. I had resigned from my job. My wife had resigned from her job. And we had very good jobs. Resigned. And we're packing our stuff to go on missions, to go and become missionary in another country. And my sister called me. My other one sister, not this one who bullies, the other one, called and said, have you thought about what you are going to do? First of all, she asked me, so this place that you are going, who do you know there? I said, I don't know anybody. Then he said, are they going to provide for you? Are they, is the church going to provide money, provide everything as you are going? I said, no. Then she said, ah, Jesus Christ, when he was going to the cross, he had people to carry his cross. <laughs> you, you are going to die. You have gone and pushed and you've cut your own tree and you have sawed your own cross and you are carrying your own cross to go and die. Have you heard that some before? What do you think you are going to do? And, I, and she said, I don't mind you going to throw your life away. It's my nephew and my niece. What have they done? Have they told you that they want to also go and die on the cross? <laughs> that the phone call, that night I had to be thinking, is she right? Am I doing the right thing? How many people do I have a job that I have? And I've just resigned. You know, but people will discourage you anytime you want to do significant for the Lord. Not only for the Lord, but if you want, if you want to build a house. Ah, what kind of job do you do? How much do you earn? Do you know what the mortgage is? Do you know how much it takes to start a business? Having that business plan. Somebody called me from South Africa the other day. I think Tuesday. Eh, eh. Pastor, I, I, I want to start a business. I want to start, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Forex Bureau business. You know, South Africa, they don't have exchange like you go to Max and Spencer anywhere and you go anywhere and get. No, no, no. You have to go to the bank. And when you go to the bank, even if you are holding foreign exchange and go to the bank, they'll ask you, where did you get it from? Your source of income. How much do you earn? Where did you get this? I mean, they, they, they finish interviewing you. You, you feel like slapping somebody. The, the other day I went to South Africa. I am not from here. I have a British passport. I've come with my British passport. So I am a British. I've come with my money. I've put my money down. Give me some of your country money. He said, where did you get it from? I said, are you, are you an idiot? The, 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 the pastor was being, pastor, it's okay, let's go. I said, no, it's what is I said, look at my passport. Does my passport look like your passport? The money in your pocket, have I asked you where you got the money from? So why are you asking me how I got the money? 
So you can start a forex bureau there and cut all those, uh, what do you call it, all those red tapes. You make a lot of money. So the guy called me, Pastor, I want to start a forex bureau business. I said to, her, as to him, have you, have you done a business plan? Have you spoken to somebody who does the business? No, I just have some money. I want to start business. And I know as for you, when I talk to you, you will encourage me and you show me what to do. I said, what to do is keep the money. Go and sit by somebody's business and find out how they are doing it, what they are doing, and then see what you can add to what they are doing and come back and talk to me. And I'll tell you what to do, the next step to take. I'm going to discourage him, but I'm going to tell him how to do it well so that he minimizes the chances of failure. So he can succeed. But there are some people when you tell them that this is what I want to no, 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 no. Sometimes even your own wife. Sometimes your own husband. My father says something. Anytime you want to say you do something, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody all your secrets. Because one day they'll use it against you. Hallelujah. It's not everything you say. Am I talking to somebody? So Eliab said to his brother, no, the brother said, I'm going to go and fight. You, Eliab, you are afraid. You've been here all this while, all these weeks. You have run away from this. Now this boy has come. He says, I want to fight this man. You say, who, who are you? Who, 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 to whom have you left those few sheep? You know, then they want to bring you down. Fellowship. You say you want to be a pastor. English properly. How are you going to be a pastor? What are you going to preach? What do you know? To whom have you left those fellowship? I know the naughtiness of your heart. I know that you are a proud person. That's what not. It is not that you want to do anything good, but you are a proud person. You know, accusation. One day I'll preach about accusation. Accusation. Usually, you are accused of the opposite of what you are. Usually, they, if you are a very humble person, they accuse you of being. If you are very generous, they will tell you you are mean. How many know what I'm talking about? That's what accusation Accusation is weakening you. Accusation is meant to make you doubt yourself. Accusation. You see, when somebody wants to abuse you, when somebody wants to abuse you, you know, like men, uh, uh, abuse, m- m- spousal abuse and all that, it starts with how, uh, and psychological. They start throwing accusations at you. They start telling you things. They start making you doubt your who you are. They start making you doubt your, your strength. They start making you doubt your capability. They start making you feel that you are nobody. Hallelujah. So, so, somebody saw his wife in the mirror, passed by. As his wife was passing by, he said, Moo. (laughs) Is the wife? A cow is passing. That's psychological abuse. What that does is that it makes you doubt yourself, it brings low self esteem. And it starts from the house. And if the person you are so close to, can make you doubt yourself. Then how can you go out and feel you are anything? Ah, if girls you to you are passing, who told you you can pass? 
Am I talking to somebody? Sometimes parents can do that. Yeah. Somebody used to call her her own daughter snake. Somebody called her own daughter ghost because like the girl always when she's walking for because she was so insecure that when she sees like people come to visit, then she's by the wall. Passing. And the mother used to call her ghost. Call me. Uh, I was going to say, I won't say it. <laughs> you know, I had a brother, or I have a brother who is a year and a few months older than me. And uh, he was very clever. He's very clever. He was very, very clever at school. I mean, he's always first, between first and third. Between first and third. Between first and third. He, I mean, he never went below third. First, first and second. When he's second, he will cry the whole day. I mean, first out of maybe 40 students or 30 students. Me too. <laughs> when we are looking for position... First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, twenty-ninth, thirtieth, That is my position. One day, the you know the right exam at the end of the year before they promote you to the next class. One day, the teacher said, promoted to class three on trial. OT. So it became my name. When I'm passing, it's OT. I'm I'm on trial. (laughs) You know what what that made in high school? I used me. And because they told me I was dumb. You know what what it was is that I was very frisky, very, very playful. So I didn't have time to sit and read. My brother was always being praised. So he always started to try and Proved that he was the best. So he's always studying. I'm always playing. And anytime we write exams, he, he gets high marks. And then I just... And sometimes everybody, including my own father, said, oh, you are not nothing. You will never be anything. The school is not yours. I remember one, when we got to uh, writing to our exam to move to secondary school. I brought um, forms home for my father to fill. My father was shaving i never forget it. This is many years ago. I was shaving. My father was shaving and he looked at me and he said, but you, you can't pass. That's what my father said to me. Pass. Why should I waste my time, my five minutes to fill your form? I won't fill this form. And indeed, my father never filled the form. But thank God I had a teacher. Lennox Anab. I'll never forget him for the rest of my life. I don't know where he is. One day I'll look for him. Lennox Anab said, to me, you are not stupid. Your only problem is that you can't sit down more than five minutes to learn. You, you, you see where you get it from? <laughs> yeah. And then he sat me down and he told me how to learn. This was like two months before the exam. And he said, I'm going to teach you after school for free. So my, this teacher, after every class, after every school day, he would take me into the, his classroom and then he would teach me. 
Everybody will be gone. I will be there with this man. They come the exams. The results came. The whole entire school, not the whole entire school, over a thousand students, I came number, I think, three or number four. Out of the whole, in fact, the whole country, when you put me, I was num- around number 10, the whole country. This was the person they said on trial. From class one, class two, class three. Class- now, my father said that the school that the man chose for me, Lenos and Ab chose for you, let me go there. How can my son, who has passed the whole country, number eight or number nine, the whole country, how can I go to this school? It's not possible. I ended up in a school I never chose. Sometimes all it takes is a little praise to boost your confidence and make you do something. Yeah, but that is what the people of your own home will rob you of. Amen. And make you feel that you can't do it. But I came to tell you that you can do it. I'm here to tell you you can do it. You can do more than exceedingly abundantly above all you can think. You can do it. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? That business, you can do it. You know, there are those who start business for you to work in. You know, one day, I was doing an end-of-year account with my boss. I was working as an accountant with my boss. I was doing, so we have done the whole, put everything together. This was years back. Put everything together and we were waiting. And as we were talking, I asked my boss, so how do you become a, a director? And then he started to laugh at me. I said, no, I'm serious. How do you become a director? Then he said, you know what? I left school at the age of 16. Then you count it. Sixteen. That means you did GCSE. Yes. And I didn't continue. And he's the director of finance in a fifty million pounds job. And he is the one that is employing accountants and telling them what to do. And he left school at the age of 16. Didn't continue. So sometimes you see somebody looking high. You look at them and you look at your, your small certificate you're holding. You can't. No. You don't win by certificate. You win by grafting. You win by going, attempting, trying. You fail sometimes. You win sometimes. Every time you fail, you learn. It's not the end of anything. When you fail, doesn't mean you have ended. When you, fail, it's not, you have learned how not to, to do it. Now, let's try another way. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? John, where are we? Verse 20, 29. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Somebody says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause for you to ha- have grace? Is there not a cause? There is a reason. Amen. Let's fast forward. My time is up. Let's fast forward. Verse 33. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to the Philistine to fight him, for thou art but a youth. And this man is a man of war from his youth. 
Can you see? Now the king himself is saying that you cannot fight him because you are only a boy. But the man became a Goliath by fighting at the age of a man, a boy. And I'm a boy. So what stops me from also starting the fight? Let's read on. And David said, Thy servant kept thy father's, his father's sheep. And there came a lion. Someone said, there came a lion. And there came a bear. And he took the lamb out of the flock. Went after him and delivered it, delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard. And I smote him and slew him. And thy servant slew both the lion and the and his this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one, seeing that he defies the armies of the living God. And David said, Moreover, the Lord has delivered me out of the the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, and the paw of the bear would deliver me out of the hand of the Philistines. And Saul said unto David, Go. And the Lord be with thee. We've been looking at how to become strong and how to do great exploits. What was the first thing we looked at? You will see that all these things that we look at, David was it. Amen. Everything that we've talked about, you will see David had the same thing. David was it. What was the first thing we talked about? Communication with God. Psalm 16 verse 11. You will show me the path of life in your presence. is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Communication brings relationship, isn't it? Psalm 27 verse 8. When he said, seek my face and my heart said to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. This is David talking. He said, early in the morning, I will write after you. Amen. What was the next thing we talked about? Assembling of the saints. Amen. Psalm 122 verse 1. I will said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. I wish I had my, my girl here. I used to have a girl who used to sing this whole psalm. Yeah, she will sing the whole psalm. By the time you finish, you will be very blessed. Hallelujah. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He said that I'd rather be a doorkeep house of the Lord than be anything anywhere else. This is David talking. Are you surprised that he was able to defeat Goliath? He had communion with God was strong in his communion with God. What was the next thing we talked about? Holy life. We read Psalm uh, uh, 65, isn't it? Who shall ascend unto the throne of the Lord? In hands. Psalm 15, sorry. He wrote that psalm. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, we have been surrounded by many, so many, a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that easily beset us. This year, lay aside every weight 
Everything that's from serving God laid down. And the sin that easily besets us. There's a sin that easily besets us. How many know you all have, we all have pet sins? Pet sins. Some people, they just can't stop lying. It's a pet sin. People can't stop stealing. When they go to a shop, they feel like stealing something. And they go to church. It's a pet sin. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, sit aside and see God's grace. Am I talking to somebody? The next one was what? Obedience. First Chronicles 14, 16 to 17. So David did as the Lord commanded and drove back the army of the Philistines from Gibeon as far as Gezer. And the fame of David went out into all the lands and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. You will see that verse, that particular phrase, and David obeyed the Lord. When you read First Chronicles, you will see every time, and David obeyed what the Lord commanded, and David obeyed what the Lord commanded, and David obeyed the Lord. That was the difference between David and Saul. Because Saul was, and Saul did not do as the Lord commanded, because Saul was afraid. Hallelujah. Of the people. Am I talking to somebody? Amen. Next one. I'll give you two more quickly, then we close. The, the next one is, this is how you're going to do a great exploits. Practicing with the bear and the Practice with the bear and the lion. Hallelujah. I said practice with what? The bear and the lion. He said, the, the, uh, 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 I was looking after my father's sheep, and a bear came, a lion came to take one of the lambs. And what did, I, what did he do? I went after it. And if the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion, and the paw of the Lord would deliver me out of this man's hand. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? You practice. You practice. You know, practice is doing the little things that you've been commanded to do. Practice is the state of readiness. Somebody say state of readiness. State of readiness in anticipation of what will happen. Anticipating opportunity. Amen. Practice. Somebody say practice. A lot of us don't like practicing. You know, I call you a song. Oh. Never sang before. <gasps> Pastor. I remember we, had, we were in a meeting. I can't remember what the meeting was. I think it was a choir meeting or something. We finished. And we called, Sister Linda, can you lead praise, uh, prayer before we close? <gasps> ah. Sister, no. Ah. So we all bow our heads. We were waiting for Sister Linda. <laughs> oh, Chris. Chris. Somebody, <laughs> we are all waiting. Closing prayer. Closing prayer. We were there for like ten minutes. The closing prayer became a fight, and I said, "Nobody is going to close this prayer. You, Sister Linda, you close this prayer today." <laughs> I remember that sound. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. 
ลอดคริสลอดคริสลอดคริสลอด for today Jesus name amen Then the whole ha amen <laughs> Ten minutes I know you said was three like She didn't talk to me for like a month Listen everything you have asked to do is a practice 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 because there's coming a big day the big day may not have anything to do with what you are practicing on because look at the 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 the, uh, the bear he never said it was a big lion it could be a baby lion you have you thought about it it could be like a, a baby lion it could be that the 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 bear had a toothache because when a bear wants to catch Uh, lunch. It's not thinking about a lamb. A lamb is a baby sheep. Instead of going for a big sheep, a lion doesn't eat. They go for big sheep. So he would have gone for the big sheep, but for the uh, lion and bear to go for the lamb, it means that maybe the bear was the lion was a cub, was a small. So the one he can handle is a lamb. Otherwise, you have gone. Have you thought of it? Otherwise, you have gone for the big one. But it, it doesn't matter whether it's sick. Maybe the, the the bear had diarrhea. We don't know. All we know is that a bear is a bear, a lion is a lion, a, a killing is a killing. Are, are you getting it? You know, so, sometimes I remember. Sometimes we go, we go to uh, uh, maybe money. Uh, uh, I used to go with my pastor sometimes. Like naming ceremony, when we get there, my pastor would say, "Oh, preach or pray." There are only about five, six people. Share a word. Do that to me all the time. Share a word, and then you have to come up with something. A verse, two points, and a poem. <laughs> Let, let's practice that. A verse and a poem. One day we had this big wedding in the church, big wedding, and uh, you know he had done the officiating. Got to the place where uh, there was somebody singing. After the singing, then there is preaching, and we were all sitting down. My pastor was sitting next to me. Then and the girl was halfway through the song. Uh, Chris, go and preach. Oh. There were 500 people gathered there. Two minutes for the girl to finish the song. You have, I said, ah, but you, I spoke to you two weeks ago. I spoke to you last week. In fact, this morning I spoke to you before we got here. If you wanted me to preach anything, two minutes. And the girl was in the middle of the, you know, the song, middle of the song. And then these grandmothers who don't normally go to church who are gathered. 
I didn't even have a Bible that day. I had to borrow somebody's Bible. Now, where, where in the Bible am I starting from? And I have two minutes. And I had to preach for 30 minutes. Not a verse, two points, and a poem. I remember that scripture I found in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 9. Live joyfully with the wife of your youth in your days of vanity that the Lord has given you under the sun. For this is your heritage in the Lord. And I went to town with that verse. I preached. When I finished my father said, okay, from today you'll be preaching every day. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the, 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 the Bible says that um, whatever your hands find to do, that's verse 10 of Ecclesiastes chapter. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. For the grave without so thou goeth. There is no fight. There's no work. In the grave, where that soul thou goeth. So anytime you are alive, unity, use it. You are called lead a song. Do you know how long it took for us to get this girl to stand there and sing? And to sing powerfully. Okay, I will sing, but you can't put me in the front. I have to hide behind somebody. Okay, I will sing, but I won't stand in front. I will do that. It's like negotiating, negotiating, negotiating. Now, when I'm going anywhere, I'm going with her. Yeah. Because she has started practicing. So she's getting ready for the big stage. For the Goliath. Because she's doing the lion. Are you getting it? Seize them. Do, do the practice. Get be ready. The Bible says be instant in season, out of season. The next point, I close with that. The next point is seize the moment. When opportunity brings itself, somebody say, I'm going to take opportunities. Hallelujah. What will make you great in life is just a little opportunity that you take. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. Do you know that all those guys who are playing, you play football, right? All those guys playing football, they are no more skillful than you in any way. My nephew used to play for Latin Orient. My nephew was playing for Latin Orient. Yeah. And he always used to say that. They don't give us opportunities like they will give because maybe the manager has a friend and is in the team. So the manager will pick the friend, not necessarily because he's, because he's a friend's son. But he, his father doesn't know any manager. I don't know any manager. He came to live with me, playing football for one of the Midlands for, for more than a year, two years, was living with me to play for uh, football. And he would go and come frustrated. Because he, they would do very well on the training field. They would do all those things. But to be picked on day, it's... So one day, 
the person who is going to be normally is picked, maybe the, the, the uh, coach's friend's son, who is normally picked, maybe is sick or is injured, so he didn't come. Then they'll pick you as an opportunity. That day, you have to play your best. You see, and, and because the, he, these guys were not always picked, they develop an attitude. Yes. Nobody cares for us, you know, because, because I am black. Because I'm black, nobody likes me. You know, that, so don't, have that, don't have that attitude. That attitude is for losers. Do, do, do you get it? I said where in life, favoritism happens. It's not because of the color of your skin. Are you with me? Favor is not fair. Don't choose one and not choose the other. That's, that's, that's the fact of life. Maybe I will choose you, choose that person. But it so happens that I am not in charge. Somebody else is in charge. And the person has chosen that person and not you. When you get the opportunity, make the best use of the opportunity. Maximize the moment. You are not always chosen. But today, it so happens that you have been chosen. What are you going to do? Today that uh, uh, Sam Manson is not there, you have called me to come and play. If Sam Manson wants me to play, I'm not going to put in my effort. Just look at somebody. That's a bad attitude. That's why the manager will never... You justifying the reason for the manager never to pick you again. So I kept on telling my nephew, when you get up, even if they bring you in for the 88 minutes and you only have two minutes to play, play your all for that two minutes. He thought I was joking. You know, we argued and argued and argued. One day I went with Kira, remember, when you were young then, I, uh, we went to watch a game. One of his games, very cold. One day I was watching the game and my, my nephew was sitting in the stands they feeling so frustrated because that day his uncle had come and he wanted to be on the field to show me that all these two years of me feeding him was not. So he was waiting, agitating because the guy, they, were, they had scored our 3-0. Then finally the, the manager brought him in. He was supposed to be playing number two right back. The guy was number two, number, number seven, number eight, number nine. He was everywhere trying to impress. At the point, the manager told me, that, go and stay at the back. As he was doing this two minutes, three minutes, two minutes, three minutes, somebody in Latin Orient saw him. A scout came and saw him. He said, this guy is a good footballer. And they signed him took him there. He was playing regularly. Opportunity all of us. I used me. And I returned and I saw that the race is not to the swift. Battle to the strong. Nor riches and wealth to men of understanding. But time Chance happens to them all. Time and chance will happen to you. You will get an opportunity one day. Keep knocking. Keep grafting. Wherever you are, keep working on. Time and chance is happening. Are you with me? You are knocking on doors. The door on you. You are knocking on doors. They are not. You are knocking on doors. They are not opening. One day, one door will open. Just be ready when the door opens. Are you with me? 
Be ready the day the door opens. Always with my pastor. I was ready because I knew him. He can call you at any time to do anything. So as for my quiet time and then my verses, you know, have a few verses inside. You don't know when you will be called. A few verses. As for a few verses, preaching must have at least three or four sermons even if you are asleep. They call you can preach. Me, if you call me right now and put me in a camp, I can preach. One day we went with, I went with my pastor to Panama. You know where Panama is? In South America. We had these big pastors from different countries in the world have come. And my pastor was preaching. And you know, they had a conference like this. This is a one arena. And then there was another arena somewhere. And you know, about three or four arenas. And guess that night did not show he was sick. So the conference organizers came. Was, we were having dinner to go to the next conference to go and preach. We were having dinner and they to speak to my, my bishop and said to my bishop that the, the, that the other arena, which is like a few, maybe like an hour drive from where we were, the one who was supposed to do the conference there didn't come. Then he said, call Chris, let him go. Ah, the food I was putting in my mouth went this time. <laughs> ah. okay. So I thought it was just like a, maybe a church of like 100 people, you know, 200 people. I can, I can manage just for that one. So immediately I was like, okay, by the time we sit in the car to go an hour drive, a message will come. He's eating. Sat in the car. I mean, they brought a car. Two people driving. They put me this this uh, what do you call it? Four by four. Big cars. I'm watching, uh, looking in my notes, looking in my notes, looking in my notes. Then they took me to this place. So they, they don't speak in uh, English. They speak Spanish. And then the interpreter joined us when we got to the place. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they have like a, the, the green room that they take you in, you know. So I, they took us straight to the green room, you know. It's like, okay. So I thought it was just, no, no, it was an arena. arena. When I entered, people immediately, I was like, hey. Going to preach for the first time to over seven thousand people. And I only got an hour's notice. And those those type of places, you don't preach and just leave Amen and let's go home. We have to see miracles. At least a few deaf people must hear. A few blind people must receive their sight. And it's like my my pastor was known for that. So if you are coming in his name, you must do the same thing here. What do you do? Seize the moment, somebody. That is the difference between somebody who becomes the one who does great exploits and the one who does not. You prepare and you seize them. I pray for you this year yourself ready.
Tell somebody I'm going to be ready. When the opportunity comes, I'm going to be ready. Yeah. This is a time to spend time developing your, 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 your um, what's it called? Your, your, uh, I'm looking for a word, your stamina. That's you develop your speed. You develop your stamina. You develop your ball skills. You develop everything. You know, waiting. So the day somebody comes, I'm giving you a trial. When they give trial, how many, what do you, A couple of practices, they want to see your skill. That's not the time to learn how to shoot the ball. Because now, they, sometimes they'll give you a game of a game. Bring you on as a sub. Friendly game, a training session. And they want to see whether you can deliver. That's not the time. So I haven't practiced. I remember once we went to, to sing, somewhere to sing. And then when we were singing, the guy changed the key. Put the key in the wrong key. <laughs> the thing wasn't working. He said, we haven't practiced in that key. <laughs> we want to go back. I have time to wait for you to go and find the key that you've practiced in to come and start. You have to flow. Amen. Seize the moment. Tell somebody I'm going to seize the moment. Rise here. I'm going to seize the moment. I'm going to be instant in season and out of season. I'm going to be prepared. Begin to pray for yourself. Hope you've been blessed by the word. You can visit our website on www.calvaryinternationalchristiancenter.org or our Facebook page, Calvary International Christian Center. Call us on 0044-75-8111-5042. Be blessed.